Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. We're back, guys, with another episode of the podcast. This is episode 53 of the Social Fishing Podcast. And I tell you what, it is feels really, really good to be sitting back in front of the microphone and talking to you once again. Now, I'm really, really sorry for the gap between the last episode and this episode. So if you've been listening to the podcast for some time, if you listen to them when they come out, if you follow us, you will know there's been a couple of months uh, in between episodes. And I owe you a massive apology for this. Um, I try to create content in a range of different areas and I want to do it as best to my ability as I can. And the podcast has been something that you've really, really enjoyed. And I've had a stack of messages asking, um, was that the end of it? But it definitely not. We've got heaps more to come. There is stacks to come. But I just want to tell you or talk you through what I've actually been working on because I have been busier than ever, still creating content, but just in a different area. So for a big picture, look at it. I've got a stack of different areas where I write articles, create videos. You've obviously got YouTube channels. I've got websites. We've got social media platforms. If you follow us on social media, you'll know we've been doing heaps and heaps. And obviously, I've got this podcast as well. And I, I really, I find the podcast is one of the best places uh, to bring information to you guys, but it does take a fair bit of effort to put it together. But what I have actually been working on over the last couple of months and dedicating a lot of time to is our membership platform. Now, if you want to remember, you'll know what's going on inside there. And with all these different areas where I am creating content, that is my number one goal is that membership platform. We've got people in there who want to grow themselves as anglers. They want to become better. Uh, they're getting into fishing. They want to learn more. They want entertainment, so through videos and things like that. They want us there to help guide them. And then we've obviously got maps and more information that helps them basically get out there and enjoy the time on the water. And this is what this podcast does as well. We share stories. I interview people. We talk about different topics. And it helps you learn. I've had so many messages from you guys going, I've learned so much from the podcast, um, the, the stories, or I've learned that, you know, they're not an easy, cod aren't an easy fish to catch, all the different, and I learn as well from the people I interview. I learn myself every single time I sit down and interview someone, everyone has had a different experience, and that's what I love the most about starting this podcast, and that's why it's going to stay and continue to be here, and now that we're kicking them back off, I will make sure I get one out every two weeks for you guys to enjoy, so I'm going to have plenty of guest interviews and a stack of other, even me just sitting down giving you a podcast episode as well as interviews with the SF team. Now, I do want to say that while I have been working away inside the membership, we've grown it uh, incredibly. We have so many members jumping on. We've got so much content in there. So, I've been working on quite a lot of mapping uh, of different waterways and also video content inside there plus articles and things like that plus our uh, monthly reports. So, we've been. Uh, it's not like I haven't been out there creating content, fishing, doing stuff. I've been doing more than ever and most of that time has been going into that membership. But don't worry guys, this podcast will be here because I know most of our members enjoy listening to this podcast because it's a different platform, it's more casual um, to some of our videos on YouTube and social media and things like that, plus I get to interview some awesome anglers. Now, one thing I have been doing which is similar to this is our live Q&As inside the membership. So, we have the live Q&As where it's kind of a sit-down chat like this, even more casual which is what I love. We discuss basically anything you ask us, so our members jump on 
uh, shoot through questions. We have discussions with them, different topics. And then we also run through demo examples. So, for example, the last one I had on was Roman. Roman I did an episode with not that long ago. And we basically sat down and talked about live technology, but we also ran through demonstrations. So, you'll have seen... Um, you might not have seen, but jump on our Instagram page if you haven't and scroll back until you see the video um, of Mitchie Condell's meter cod that's captured on the active target. Um, it's a cool as clip. Now, that's just one of stacks of clips that we've put into the membership. And in the membership, I've actually sat, sat down and run you through the technique, how the fish behave, and we're going to continue to grow that content. But if you watch that with him, I did a demonstration with Roman. And we talk through how the fish behave, what we've found. And I tell you what, the things we're learning with live tech is crazy. And it's not just only learning for the people who are using it actively. It, we're also learning a lot that then we're there, then we're bringing back and sharing with um, our members or anyone. And we're going to share things through this podcast as well. We're sharing that content on how they behave that will help people who don't have live technology. So even though you might not be able to afford it, you don't have it, by us using it and spending stacks of time on the water, we can see where the fish swim around, what depth they're sitting in, how they behave to lures, and then that can change the way that you will fish just when you work a bank. And I tell you what, seeing how the fish behave has changed a lot of our theories. It is crazy, and we're going to obviously talk about this in upcoming podcasts, and I'm sure it'll be something that t- comes up. It was coming up for the last 15 to 20 podcasts about it coming out, and now that it's out and a lot of us are using it, I remember the last one I did with Jacko, we uh, we talked about it, and he didn't have it yet, but he'd seen a little bit of it, and I'm hoping to get him on in a future podcast coming up to talk about his experiences with it after you know the discussion we had before. So that's a little bit of that, guys, but let's jump into this episode now because we have a cracker episode that goes for, I think we chatted for a bit over 50 minutes. Now, it is with Dan Weber and myself on a trip to Copeton. So it's different to our usual ones, sit-down interviews. It is an interview. Now, I'm going to get Dan on in a future one to talk about him, Burrenjuk, which is his home waterway and the fish in that system. Uh, but this one here was more of just us chatting about our trip away. So if you've ever listened to our Windermere podcasts, it's going to be similar to that, but it was just the two of us. But this was a mapping trip. We're up there mapping for the membership. Uh, we had an incredible trip and basically this podcast runs right through it all. Um, it's a good chat with Dan. Copeton, it was good to finally get up to Copeton. It is an incredible fishery and you'll hear me talk about it in a minute. So I won't talk too much about it now. But yeah, this is more of a casual sit-down chat. We're sitting around the fire so that will be some background noise there may be a bit of wind noise we're sitting right by the water's edge bit of ambience from the fire and there was also a little bit of i don't know if you call it ambience from a camp that was getting louder and louder as the night went on that wasn't far from us they were definitely having a good night so if you hear a bit of yelling or background banter for that last 10 minutes that is uh those guys not far from us having a good time but as we all get out there and go for a fish i'm sure you guys can understand that so that happens towards the end but other than that it should be a cracker of a listen and i'm glad to be back guys glad to have another podcast episode for you and if you do enjoy them and you want me to continually pump these out i want to hear from you i want to hear i want to have your full support i want to hear messages tag take screenshots put it on your instagram page let me know what you think and let everyone else know what you think uh get on to apple Podcasts and give a rating and a review there i want to know if you guys want us to keep pumping them out so i want to hear from you if you love this podcast righto guys that is enough from me i'm super excited to be back so let's jump into this chat with dan and myself
G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. It's been a while and I do know it's been a while, but this one's a special one, a little bit different. We're actually sitting down by a campfire, so there might be a bit of background noise. You might be able to hear the campfire. Um, this is an on-scene one, like we've done a couple from Windermere, uh, where we sat down after our Windermere trip. We did two in a row. We'll probably continue to do that one if we keep going to Windy, but now we are actually at Copeton. I've made the road trip up to Copeton. It's super cool to be here finally, and we're basically up here putting the maps together. Dan's with me, mate. She was a eventful trip, um, and we've got lots to talk about, eh? Hey, mate. Yeah, it's yeah had a few ups and downs, and yeah, but it's been good. Been a real good trip. So. I've got Dan on with me. Um, I'm going to get Dan on in the future for some episodes. Uh, well, not for some episodes, but Dan and I are going to talk together about him. So this one's basically about our trip at Copeton, what's happened, what's been going on, um, what we've learnt. So it's good to have a, a bit of content on a northern dam. And it's good to have a podcast back again uh, for you guys to listen to. And I'll obviously get Dan on and we'll talk about Burr and Juck and just the usual and how fishing started for him and the whole normal ones where I do a sit down interview. But um, so w- this trip, it was pretty well a mapping trip. Um, I tried to plan to get here for quite some time. Now, yeah. before we talk about this trip, you've been up to Copeton a few times, but your experience with the Yellows, wasn't it? Yeah, mate. Yeah. So been up and fished um, with the AYC comps there. 2018, 2019, um, but just yeah, chasing the golden perch. So um, you never had a crack at the cod. It no. wasn't close season. No, it wasn't close season, um, and there was a couple of cod caught for those comps while we're up here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we were we were just chasing yellow. So it's been really good actually to just get out and about and just concentrate mostly on the cod. Um, we did stir up a couple of yellows as well, but yeah, um, it's it's been good, real good. What's the biggest when you rolled when we rolled up? So, well, we'll talk about the plan. We 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 plan to get here, and basically the reason we've come is to map the lake. We didn't pick it based on good fishing conditions. We were just going to deal with what we had when we got here. We and I do all these trips uh, based on the weather, so we can get the mapping done. So I usually look for clear, beautiful, still days, sunny days. Um, whatever time of year it is, and I usually try to plan the time of year with, like obviously Copeton cod. Like let's, I try to get here in winter. I tried to get here in May, and then I also tried to get here in June. It just didn't happen, and it lined up that I could get up here July. And I thought it's not ideal um, because the conditions aren't great with the water level and things like that. But I thought I've got to go. We've got to get a crack. So I headed up. Um, I when did I leave? I packed all day Monday. Yep. Um, got to yours Monday night. We drove halfway because it's a 10 hour trip from my place, eight hours 40 or something from yours. Yep. Um, Big trip. Yeah, so picked Dan up about six o'clock and we drove from, we drove to 11? Yep, roughly. And we just pulled up and camped. Yep, pulled up at Dubbo. It actually worked well. Yeah, didn't it, was, it? it was a pretty cruisy trip. Pretty, pretty cruisy way to do it actually. Yeah, broke it up almost in half and Made it pretty easy way to do it. Because Copeton, for many people, is a fair trek, eh? Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's a big trip, and people come from a long way further than what we came to get up here as well. So yeah, and we yeah. broke it up. So we just found a free campsite, a popular campsite, um, and it was good because there was people around. So popular yeah. campsite rolled in eleven, froze a little bit because <laughs> we weren't cold. dressed. It was cold. Dubbo yeah. was freezing. Yeah. We pulled up, um, rolled the swags out at 11 o'clock, probably wasn't dressed ideal, put a couple of thermals on that night um, and slept till 5? 
Yep, five o'clock. Five o'clock, we're up early, hit the road, and we were here by 11. It was, yeah, it was really cruisy way to do it. And you said you've done it in one hit every single time. Yeah, yep. They're, they're big trips to come up, you know, leave on a Thursday, get up here and fish Friday, Saturday, half a Sunday, and, um, yeah, turn around Sunday afternoon and drive, you know, which pretty much takes you close After to 10 hours. Fished. After we've fished for yeah. those two and a half days, that there, that's a that's a long slog. I mean, we usually got you know someone else in that we share the driver with, but yeah, no, she's a she's a long way to get home. Yeah, and you felt we felt pretty good, didn't we? Even though we yeah, absolutely. Even though we kind of uh, didn't sleep for ages, like we only got five six hours, but yeah, it yeah. didn't feel. No, if I was to do the trip again, I'd probably do it exactly the same way. Yeah, well, we were gonna plan to head home the same way, and we had that plan. To yep. head home the same way but we might we're going to try and do it in the one day and we'll obviously see how it goes but anyway we yep. got up here we got here on tuesday 11 o'clock and i've had i have three days of mapping before we really get into a little bit of fishing to try and get that done now the question was what did you notice what was your first thoughts saw the dam what were your thoughts based on you've been here before you've seen the place before we yep. rolled into where did we first see the water from um coming down the track from the park um, at the boat ramp, we pulled up at the boat ramp. Yeah, it's oh. Sapoi Knob. Yeah, where the boat ramp is. So, what did you think? Um, first thoughts was it's twice the dam as what I'd last seen because the water level's way higher. I'd last seen it at about twenty percent, and it's yeah, up you, around that. Those two eight by sea trips. What was it? Do you you text me before it was twenty? Yeah, I think it's about twenty one, and then lower the, or higher. Say again. Was it low? This was the second one lower or higher? No, second. The second one was lower again. It was lower again. Yeah, yeah. I think it was pushing. We'd be lucky to be double figures. I think from memory, it was it was getting pretty low. Did you notice a big difference between the ten and the twenty, or not mm, major? Not as much as I've noticed between twenty and fifty. Yeah. Yeah. And twenty and fifty is a lot. Yeah. But yeah, it, like it's a lot, and it's a lot in any dam. But I've experienced twenty to fifty in a fair few. Yep. dams and this is full like it feels full yeah even though it's 50. when we rolled up down the boat ramp and i looked across the water and seen even the country's greener because you know last time i was here you were on the back of a pretty decent drought and yeah you know the country was burnt and dry and um yeah you roll over the the crest down to the boat ramp and it's green and there's heaps of water and yeah, it was just it's so all different, eh? Completely different, yeah. yeah. It's not like... So what is it normal? So explain to me and explain... And you were, this is exactly what you're telling me on the way up and, and when we were here and every yep. day I think I asked you the exact same question. Yep. Over and over and over. I feel like you're <laughs> sick of them in the end. But explain what's it like at that 20% mark. What's the sort of country look like? Yeah. Compared to... Yeah, so I mean 20% it's... The one thing that sticks in your mind from your first trip to Capeton, that sort of water is granite boulders. Stacks and stacks of granite boulders um, with, you know, laid down timber against them, but it's the boulders stick out. Everywhere. Everywhere. Other than that, the, the, the banks are nothing much to look at. If you took the granite away, there's no other sort of, you it's, know. What are they, sandy mud? Yeah. When it's low, yep. obviously. When it's low, yeah. And now, I mean, a lot of that's, you know, it's got greenery down to the water, like wattle trees and stuff down to the water's edge now, and, and covering a lot of those boulders that you would otherwise see uh, up on the bank. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different. And I got here and I'm like, 
because I had an expectation. So I've never been to Copeton. This is my first trip. I know a lot of people travelled up here in you know that 2015 period, or even earlier than 2015, 2014 period, right through to that, or even now. Um, and I noticed there was that massive period where people would come to this lake and, and catch their first like that was it was the place to come to get one yep. off the surface. It was a place to come to get that meter cod. Um, and I'll, I'll mention why we think why it was the case. Obviously, it's little or quite different now and I think Dan and I sort of discussed and it, it's got to come down to pressure because we've seen yeah. it replicated in places like Blaring, places like Burrenjuk, places that we know the same reason that the bite that was there sort of changed and shut down yeah. was pressure. Yeah. So and it's not a bad thing like we're all here to fish we all get out and then we just got to learn a bit more but um, when I like I first come here my expectation was exactly what I guess it looks like at 20%. Yeah. The granite, major granite, like you look everywhere and you're just in Boulder country, that sort of, and obviously that's because a lot of the photos we've all seen over the last few years is like that. Yeah. Now that it's 50, it's like you don't have masses of Boulder. You've really, you can sort of see the 100% line and it's not that far down to the 50% line. Yeah. Really, is it? No. And you've got green from the water's edge up to that 100% line at the moment. You've got all those green wattle trees that have all sprung up. And it's, I mean, they, the boulders are often still behind those wattle trees, but you, you really just can't see them. You just don't notice them. It's just, it's, yeah, it just looks, it feels different. But it feels awesome up here. Yeah. Like it feels incredible. Anywhere that's green and lush yeah. and flooded. It's like a beautiful it place. feels unreal, but it, it, it looks a lot different now. But then... It could get to 100, then drop back to 50. It'll look different because all those greenery will be dead then. Yep. So whenever you come to visit the place uh, or any lake in that fact, it's always going to look different. But one thing I think with Copeton is it's still got heaps of boulder country around now, but there's actually a lot of flat open banks, a lot of grassy sort of rolling hills. There is, yep. And a lot of banks with masses of standing trees. Yeah. Masses of standing trees. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it's... it's Different. Like you always have an expectation you get here, it's different. But I reckon from that 50% mark and up, maybe even 40% and up, um, it's a very different place to that 20% with the amount of boulders yep. from what you've told me Definitely. and from what I've seen. Yep. So we got here, uh, we got uh, the mapping done. So we mapped the access point, coped it on the Tuesday, went out for a quick flick Tuesday afternoon. Not much really happened real then. Quick, yeah. yeah, real quick. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday were two picture perfect days, and we spent the two days out there on the water mapping. Now, if you're listening to listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about in regards to mapping, um, it's part of our membership. Uh, we we've got a product or a, a component called the SF Maps. So we've basically travelled around. Um, you may have heard of it before. I've been to places like Eildon, Blaring, Burrenjuk, uh, Epilock. We've started working on the Murray River. I want to start working on the Murrumbidgee River and a stack of other rivers. Remember, basically, the main component is all the access points, so you guys know where to access different areas. And we also get out in the water and take photos of all the key fishing areas. So you were about to do a trip to Eildon. Yep. And you jumped on and had a look run us through the different like how you used it as a, like a preparation tool yeah the maps yeah really good i mean you've got you know information on sections you've got photos and they're really i mean the photos and stuff on those on the maps is really good to relate to your home dam so if you've got you know a section of water or something that where, where you like to fish and where fish hold 
I found that I could relate a lot of sections from Eildon's photos and the text and that that would relate to Barrenjark. So you, you, you're saying like you've caught fish, say, on a sort of a, a flatter point with a heap of standing trees. Yep. You were looking through the Eildon map and yep. you'd sort of see the... Cause we, so what I do is I put the drone up and take all these nice pictures that give you a good perspective of the area. And that's what we've done here, right? We travelled around for two days. Yep. You mucked around with the live, I yep. took photos. Yeah, it just gives you a good sort of a guide as to where to start on a new lake. Yeah, look, it's yeah, it's really worth sitting down um, with those maps if you are planning a trip because there is just so much detail, and that detail can be so handy when you actually get to the to the dam or the river or even before you go. AKA trying to find the boat ramp the first time you came to Copeton. Exactly right. Yeah, the first time I rocked up to this place, it was pitch black. We were in the middle of a massive storm and we had absolutely no idea. We'd arrived late, we wanted to get a good start in the morning, so we thought we'd find where the boat ramp was before we set up camp and we drove around for probably oh, well over an hour, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, you think back now and you think, yeah, it was pretty silly, but um, yeah, the, the boat ramp, the main boat ramp was is a fair way from the, from the front gate to get into the park, so. It's just small things like that. Yeah, make a massive difference to a trip. Just makes things so much easier. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing with the maps. So they've been helping out so many anglers. It's pretty cool. Um, it's access points. If you can get in with two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, and then obviously key fishing tips for out on the water for general areas that hold and productive. And that's what we're doing up here. So I thought I'd mention that's the whole purpose of why I'm up here with Dan this week. Um, it's the whole purpose of why I go to a lot of different waterways and travel. And we did two days of mapping. Yep. So the mapping consists of basically jumping, hopping from spot to spot on the water. Yep. And because we're now running live technology, these mapping trips are totally different. I went back to Wyangla last year um, and I went with Hocko. He basically, I just put him in a spot and he'd just cast for 15 minutes. We moved to the next spot. We're actually able to learn a lot over five days with you dropping in the live. Yep. So we're running the active target, but you're able to drop in the live tech and scan around for 15 to 20 minutes in every single corner of the dam, pretty much. Yep. I've never covered a dam like I have in the last It's few pretty days. cool to see, eh? It's amazing. It really is. And you really, it, it get, yeah, it, it's a great way to get a grasp of just how different the terrain can be from one end of the dam to the other. Yep. Um, and this place is a yeah, great example of that. It's It's been really interesting, yeah. So what's one thing, first thing that jumps to your mind that you learnt? maybe from doing that there's, there's a lot of things we're going to cover them all like uh, there's a lot of things that, outside of how many cod are swimming around this place yeah <laughs> that's a massive one actually yeah so yeah so uh what do you reckon how many spots did you pull up and not see a cod within 20 minutes three i would say three at most i was probably going to say two two yeah and how many spots did we stop at oh countless 30 or 30 over the two days. Yeah. This is so we're talking the first two mapping days and even the rest of the days we've fished the last couple of days. Yep. Every time we pulled up, by the time I got gear in the water, the drone got in the air, it was like there's a fish there. So and it's crazy numbers of fish. Yep. And and we're sort of, and we're not pulling up on like the open muddy banks. We're going to the banks that are obviously productive because we're mapping them. So we know sort of roughly where all the key areas are. So we're pulling up in reasonable spots. But to find a cod free swimming, full sun, glassy day, sunny, yep. nearly every spot. And some big critters too. 
Some and big fish. I reckon, and we were talking, I believe that that's the reason as to why this place has the incredible draw card yep. of catching big fish, and that's why so many big fish have been caught here, and so many cod have been caught here over the years, is because there's so many in here. There, it has to be. They, they were everywhere. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a dam like it. And I mean, I haven't been running the live stuff myself for all, for all that long, but um, I've covered a couple of dams with it, and never have I been able to just drop into a spot and find fish. Mm. It just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. And they were they were a lot of good quality cod. Real good. And they were swimming around. And there's obviously stacks of cod that are packed up in the rocks and things like that too. Yep. Yep. And yeah, some of those, some of the bigger ones were just yeah, just cruising, not cruising deep either, cruising fairly high in the water and yeah, just doing their thing. They were really chilling though, eh? <laughs> not. <laughs> That's and a that, different story that is. Yeah. Um, but the. Uh, the pressure's been a big thing in this system because I saw more boats here on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday in the middle of July yep. than you would see on a weekend yep. at, say, Blaring. Maybe not Burrenjack. Burrenjack's been pretty busy over the last few years on a weekend, but the, the amount of people here was crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do plenty of midweek trips to the Jack, and if you see another boat trailer at the ramp, it's a busy day. Yeah. We're here, you know, there was half a dozen or more in the park and, yeah, boats out in the water. Yeah. Everywhere. So. And and, it, and it's true, that's the draw card. Like, that's that's people travel to come, so they're here during the week and things like that. That's what yep. we talked they about. big trips, yeah. Yeah, Inverell's not a huge town. The town's around, like, there's a few towns around, but there's a lot more populations down south. Um, you've got Canberra close to some of the big dams and things like that. So people travel to come here, but, and it's not even in its heyday anymore here, like... It, not from what we've seen. Not from, yeah, with the, with the amount of peak there. So it's just one thing to note if you ever do come is the pressure. So with the pressure, yep. what would you what what would you say is a way to fish this place if you are coming? A couple of things to keep in mind um, if you are coming to fish here, knowing that these fish have seen a lot of lures because they're still catchable. Yeah, they really, are. And they're yep. big fish. Yeah. I think, I mean, the number one, which is every dam is your key low light periods. We found that out. Yeah, we did, in a big way. So yeah. what do we do? We fished, we fished daylight hours. Yeah, mostly daylight. of the mapping. Mapping, um, and because, yeah, you're pretty, pretty knackered after you've been out in the water all day mapping and you're in the sun and all that sort of stuff. So you might do, you know, just up to dark and pull the pin and, yeah, you get up in the morning and have a little bit of a crack, but, um, yeah, We've seen, yeah, I chased a lot of fish during the day that just didn't even recognise a lure. No. Um, so, yeah, that's probably that's probably one thing. Um, but that was interesting because how much time have you spent on the water in the day in a dam at home? Yeah. You know what I mean? Very little. Because yeah. we know it's a un, like an unproductive time. We've done it before. Like, I've done it before. Yeah. Way back, fish and blaring a few years back. We know it's unproductive. Yeah. And we pretty well confirmed that in a big way yep. for fishing. What day is it now? So people have reference. It is Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night, yep. So we started Tuesday Arvo with a real quick Arvo session. Yep. And we've been on the water Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yep. So four sort of days. Yep. Um, and nothing in the day even looked like it was feeding. No, and we fished a fair bit today. We fished yep. properly today. 
um, you know, done a little bit of other stuff, but um, yeah, spent a lot of time chasing fish that were just totally not feeding. Um, not one. No. In the in the day, not one. No. And it doesn't mean you're not going to catch fish in the day. No. But my my advice would be if you are fishing daylight hours, and I, I talked about this actually. Remember we were heading out of the bay, and I said, what would you think is yeah. the percentage or the, the difference, ratio. the ratio between how many hours you would have to put in during the day to achieve the same result as low light periods? Yep. Yep. What do we say roughly? Well, we just had a stab in the dark. Obviously, you're never going to come up with the number, but we said like one to ten. Yeah, I guessed about yeah, yeah. So that's saying right. you put in sixty hours in daylight hours, and you put in six in low light hours, and might catch similar fish. It sounds a bit crazy, I'd, but I'd take the six any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. To catch the same amount of fish. Yeah. So I reckon the daylight fish, and if you are the target fish in the day in general, I'm just getting onto this topic. You want to fish tight to any structure because they're only going to come out and hit something and ambush yeah. if they've got cover. Yeah. And we said that um, like once the fish started, we noticed they behaved a little bit different once the sun was starting to go down. Yeah. I believe they don't chase the food during the day. Remember we were talking about this? Yeah. They've got to expend too much energy to do it. To try and chase it. Yeah. And this, they, I've seen cod in blaring swim around with redfin. And my, the cod in the tank push Yabby away from his face when he doesn't want it. Yep. But it makes sense that the cod don't want to feed um, when the fish can see them coming. Yeah. Like, why would they want to feed when... They don't need to. There's, yeah, so they wait till that low light period yep. and then they have that crack. So yep. it's crazy what we noticed and how they behaved as the sun was going down. Yeah. Crazy. And it's and probably also... I guess moving to the areas we found where they were feeding to. That's probably the other thing that we noticed. We could find a lot of fish on the steeper, rockier sort of areas cruising, but the fish that we actually got any response out of or caught were all shallow and what, they were on the flats. And that's those feeding areas? Feeding zones, yeah. So, and that is another thing we talked about, why why do they feed there? You know what I mean? Like, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. And I, f I think it's the same reason because we talked about it. But why do they, and in my head, like, we, we think about this, and this is getting real in-depth with how cod behave. Yeah. And it's all theories, guys. This is all theories. You might be listening to this going, I have a totally different opinion. Yep. Totally fine. And that's awesome. I'd, I'd be keen, actually, to hear your opinions, especially if they're completely different to ours because we've all had different experiences. Yeah. But the feeding banks in every lake... Chasing big cod, they're the flats. Yeah, they are. In certain areas. There's obviously dead flats, but there's yeah. some specific flats, and they're usually near some form of cover or structure that's not too far by. But why do you, why do you reckon they move out there to feed? I think, I mean, bait is there, and I think in those flatter banks, the bait's got less room to move. And height. Yeah. So do you reckon the bait goes there knowing that that's not an area where cod should be? Do you reckon uh, the bait, or do you reckon the bait doesn't know what's going on and it's in it, both areas? I think the bait is everywhere, but the cod can catch them easier in the flats and that's why the cod are there. Yeah, I think if you were to spend, you know, your first part, like your, your daybreak session on a steep bank, you'll find bait flicking there just as much as you will in, in a shallow area. Yeah. But because in your steeper areas, um, the bait can get away. It can yeah. escape the cod where in the shallower banks, it just the water's shallower, 
you know, they push them up into a bank and there's less room. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's it, it's all the time. It's there's always those flat banks. That's where your hungry fish are. Yeah. It's time and time again. Yeah. And we found it here. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of and there's always some sort of structure close to where they're feeding to. So it's not like, you know, if you had three hundred meters of flat bank with a rock halfway through the middle of it, you're gonna fish where the rock is, either side of the rock on that flat bank. Yeah. Or at the end where the fish are moving out of where they like to just cruise around during the day to where they're going to feed. Because we definitely didn't find many, well, we actually didn't look on any real flat featureless banks that are feeding banks when the sun was up. They were definitely no. around structure, but they weren't all, they were they were mooching around wherever they wanted in the structure, weren't they? they just weren't cruising. sitting still. They were Just doing their thing. And they could be 200 metres from the structure or yeah. they could be 10 metres from the structure. Just Like they'll, they'll move around bays and, yeah. but they're usually in that area. But with the flat stuff, like you said, you want like a bay, like a, a bay with a couple of points, like rolling yeah. points, patchy yeah. boulder nearby. And it could be a 200 metre bay, yeah. 300 metre bay yeah. or even smaller, but they move, yeah, they move in it there. It seems to be just that little bit of concentration towards a point or... Or something like that. And you find those bays point. here too, eh? Yep. Like those, Copeton is that mad bouldery place, but once yep. she's hit, even when it's lower, there's a lot more boulders and less bays, but now yep. that it's rising in these flooded edges and it's 50%, there are a lot of yep, I've definitely noticed. grassy bays. Yep, yep. That's a pretty big difference from that 20 to 50% is just how much flat area there is. And there's a lot, uh, we found a lot of flat area to still be empty, eh? We yeah. tried a bit last night. Yep. And yep. there was a lot of dead flat stuff and yep. we found two really good pockets. Yeah. And I mean one bay next to the other. You know, so one bay can be dead. Yep. Um and yeah, cruising in the next bay and you find a fish pretty much straight away sometimes. Yep. And it's not a big bay, that's only like no. a small little gully. Yep. Sort yep. of thing. Yeah. So we found consistent bait and fish getting around in there was definitely two and we're going to give the second one one last crack in the morning mm -hmm. um there was good fish there yesterday afternoon we didn't go there this afternoon because of the wind yeah but um there was definitely bait there so i asked you that question before about what you learnt about copeton when we first rolled up um what yep. you learnt by getting around mapping so that was the population of cod swimming around how many there were yep. there are a lot of fish in here just based on our Yep. Looking at that, looking at how many fish have come out of the system, it's it's obviously an incredible fishery for them with food source and water yep. and structure and everything. Water temperature up here is warmer in the upper end yes, of the definitely. Murray Darling Basin. Yep. Um, so the water temp's warmer based on the weather being warmer up here. So it's obviously going to be hotter in the summer, but they can escape that by getting deeper. But yep. I find the water temp was warmer here than down south. So overall, degrees. that's going to help the fish to grow better, so like function better because they are a warmer water fish. Yeah. So it's warmer up here. So you've got all these fish. So what else we find? Talk about the goldens. And this is probably not just a general winter thing. This is like a situation what we've got right now. On yeah, with the rising water and the, the goldens pushing up into the grass. Yeah. Um, stacks, there's stacks of golden perch in here as well. A lot, a lot of fish. Um, and I, you know, we had a spin rod in the boat as we were um, cruising around mapping, and yeah, just running that the active target and you know, scope, not looking around, and and um, 
the fish, like the yellows that we were finding off those steep the banks holding mid-water column were just like ice cubes. They were just, you know, frozen, hardly moving around, wouldn't, yeah. you know, drop a black grub, which will catch a golden perch anywhere you like, right on their nose, and they wouldn't even look at it. And then we sort of just keyed into, well, I had a hit right in the back of a little shallow bay on, you know, on the, I think, late on the first day and thought okay well that's pretty shallow I think it was only four meters of water and then from there just sort of keyed into that and found that any fish any golden perch we found nose down into the bottom yep. were the ones that were going to chew um, and even today that big school up in Capes Bay there there was dozens of yellows there and just couldn't get them to take a lure. There was heaps of them. Yeah. And they were just just like mid mid water in, in deep water. No, and then you go just across to the opposite bay and caught one. Yeah, pretty much straight away. So, so you got you dropped one that first day, and then uh, the rainy day, which was yesterday Friday. Friday. Yep. We had a we've had a every bit of weather out here, by the way, guys. Um, every every bit of weather. It was like warm t-shirt weather one day. Yeah. Poured on us. I reckon we got. I reckon it was predicted to have 20 odd mil. Inveril got 27 mil, and you reckon we were fairly close to that. Pretty close to 20. Yep. It started raining at about 11 or 10 o'clock at night. It rained all night and pretty almost a day. Yeah. Um, it was wet. But you got we got out here in the Arvo, and we had a bit of wind around, and weren't really seeing any cod. And you managed to catch three yellows. Three? Yeah. No, two. You caught two yellows. Yeah, that was good. For the Arvo on yep. grubs. Yeah. And yeah, both of them were just nose down, tight at the bottom. But you just they just had that feeding aspect about them. They, they looked like they were hunting. Like they looked like they were feeding through the bottom. And it's winter. Like you, you were saying to me, you couldn't believe the fact that they were up shallow and it's got to be this rising water and the grass yeah. and they're taking advantage of it. Yeah, and I guess, you know, if we're to compare them to, you know, Barrenjuk and Blowering where wintertime the fish just aren't going to be that shallow because the water's just too cold. Yeah. Um, so they actually tend to push a fair bit deeper. But I guess, you know, we're looking at 15 degree water temps here on the surface. Um, it's pretty good for July. It is, yeah, yep. And um, and the rising water, I think the the fish are sort of would push themselves anyway to to move up shallow in the rising water, regardless, even if it's not the ideal temperature. Yeah. Just for the, just for the amount of food that's going to be there, just for all the flooded edges. That's what they're doing. Yep. You can see, obviously, some aren't chewing, but the ones that are up there are sort of scavenging. You can see yep. them swimming through the yep. weeds and stuff. It's still, you know, it's still cold. It's colder than what they want to be, but the food's up there, so they're well, up there. Compare it to early spring. Like, yep. I know we get a blair, and it's usually about 12 degrees in September, yep. and they'll start chewing at about 14 and 15. They'll, yeah, they'll really start to sort of switch on yep. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't happen until October, and we're no, starting to right. catch them then. Yeah, this is middle of July. And it's 15, so yeah. you, you, you got to remember guys that the seasons are sort of, they don't know what seasons are, they do, but if things are different, you got to try and match them to what you normally... Yeah, it doesn't go by the calendar. Yeah, like you got to think, right, it's 15, we've got rising water, if that happened in September, October, you know, you'd get out there and start chasing oh, yeah. yellows, but that's yeah. happening now, the yellows are still going to sort of behave like that yep. to take advantage of it. Yeah, they don't know the rules. Yeah, so there's a lot of yellows getting around shallow. You managed to, so uh, the two days of mapping, two beautiful, perfect, perfect days. We mapped the first day, um, 
we did a very, very short morning session, but not much of a morning session, so nothing happened there. Mapped all day, you didn't manage to find anything. You had one cod look at a lure. Yep. Um, that night, we fished a fairly solid sort of couple of hours. Yeah, half decent, yep. Yeah, no fish, obviously. Um, that's just how it goes. Next morning, gave it a crack, didn't we? We gave it a crack, yep. real early crack. We're up at... Yeah. Um, we, we, we actually misjudged sunrise. We haven't got the best service out where we are. We misjudged sunrise that first morning. Yeah, the Wednesday morning, we got up and it was... Yeah, there was already light coming over yeah, the horizon. Yeah, and I'm like, what's going on? We yeah. get up this time down home, and it yeah. doesn't. So, obviously, the sun being, I don't know if we're, I don't, I don't think we're further east, but it must be because we're further north. Um, yeah, it comes up a lot earlier up here. Yeah. Than it does down south. Yeah. So, we misjudged that, and we were well and truly after the first light. And it's obviously, and obviously, because it come up so up earlier, it's actually going down a lot yeah. earlier. So we misjudged that. Anyway, we got up and we gave it a real good crack. We found a little bit of food. We sort yep. of picked a bank that we, it was a feeding bank, first yep. light. Yep. And we actually decided just to blind cast, like just cast. And yep. it actually felt good because I've been doing quite a stuff, quite a fair bit with the live stuff. Yeah, it was a good morning. It's, it's still a pretty relaxing way to fish. Yep. Just to yeah, cast out into, into the darkness and watch Shallow. That. Yeah, shallow. And that was the plan. We're fishing that. Yeah. Happy to land your swim bait or surface or in that metre of water. Yeah. Because you remember these flooded edges, the fish are pushing up. They push up anyway, even if it's not rising. Yeah. To a point in winter. Yeah. Um, and we just had the live stuff pointing out, sort of out, to see if anything would come through. But I wasn't really even watching it. No, I don't think we really turned it around to scan around much at all. It was just out there and, yeah, just casting away. It was, it was yeah, cracking morning for it. It was really good. Yeah. Come to that eight o'clock period uh it was pretty well after that real prime stuff we're on this point and i was i'd changed from surface to uh fury which i rigged line through with a couple of trebles sitting under its belly and you sat down yeah i was changing lures changing lures good yep. timing to change yep. lures yeah because i spotted a fish um just happened to look down and i happened to just see a flicker on the screen and i just cast in the general direction of where it was um, I couldn't. I, I tried to find it on the on the live, and I couldn't really find it. And I sort of just ran my lure through that area. It actually will come up with a really nice video, which will be in the membership. And managed to hook yeah. a 97 centimeter, which was Real good. bloody good start. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. felt like the start of the trip because we're just. That was the second mapping. Was it the second? Yeah, we'll still. Morning? Yeah, so still we'll still work on the maps, and yeah, it was like, yeah, okay, we're we're Bonus on here. fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was a cracking fish, guys. Um, it hit a fury right down near the bottom it was feeding so it's sitting yep. hiding that it might, it might have been up earlier in the day earlier in the morning and it's sort of still looking for that feed yeah and it's buried itself in the weed or in the flooded edges it was in yep. that four meter mark yeah casting parallel yeah good hit actually landed that one on fluorocarbon um i've first one i've landed on the fluorocarbon i've missed one on surface on fluoro i still have mixed feelings about it but i'll talk more about that in other content later on um it, it handled that all right but definitely definitely a lot of stretch in it mm. um so that was that we went mapping some pretty cool country eh yeah just it's amazing amazing place especially when you you push up into the guarda um that is yeah I, i've never seen it anything like it to be honest well like, one you've got high water now but two we pushed right up yeah right up into the fridge water yeah it was cold <laughs> talk about that yeah that was ridiculously cold up there it was what 15 in the main basin and 8.7 i think we got down to up in the river with the water flowing down 
and it changed very quick. Yeah. Because we watched it as we come back out. Yeah. Yep. And it got to 13 and a half within. Or what a K? Yeah, it wouldn't be more anymore. than a K. Wouldn't be much more. Nah, no. Thirteen and a half. Yep. And then, and over the next K, it got back to fifteen. Yep. Yep. That's a massive change, and Huge. that's that cold water running in. Yep. And hitting the dam water. Yep. Um, big change. So yeah, but the, the the granite country up there, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's. Yeah. We even went bank walking actually. We walked up a creek here, yeah. which was pretty good fun. Yeah. For a little bit in Uggies. Recommend boots though, guys, <laughs> for that. I reckon I busted my Uggie yeah. uh, bank walking up a creek. But yeah. Been so a couple of things we've done with Uggies on that probably should have been do. done with boots on. Oh, tell us about that. Chasing deer up the scrub and. In the rain. In the pouring rain. There was so just much water. Just had a shower. Out. Just got clean clothes yeah. on. Nice and dry and warm and yeah. Up, we, up I went up in the scrub chasing a fellow deer, so um, yeah, got 200 metres down the road and a mob of pigs come across the road, so we're off after them as well. So And had wet, wet uggies <laughs> for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, the old feet were a bit wrinkly by the end of that day. Yeah, she's been good. So that was two mapping, uh, then we really got into the fishing, but our first fishing day was always going to be a tough one and we knew it. We knew the whole trip was going to be perfect, um, except for the rainy day and we got the rain. Like it, pelted down mm. rained pretty hard um that was our day to head to town get some stuff that was thursday morning no friday friday yesterday yep. yeah yesterday so everything's still pretty damp ran in uh grabbed stuff we hit the wall it just we had to fish we were here we had to fish so we put on at 11 o'clock yep. and we fished all day and she was pretty tough but it was a low barometer yep. and it was starting to rise the barometer was starting to pick up at five o'clock in the afternoon but only just so i got down to 1012 um it was like 1022 when i caught the 97 yeah um so it really dropped to 1012 all day rained wasn't overly cold until the arvo when the wind picked up yeah yeah um that's when you caught the two yellows yeah yep and then it come real good on last light we found a bay full of bait things were feeling good things were looking good yeah and then we're chasing this fish and it come up and dan's swim baits on it and it's come up and it's looking at it and it smacked it and dan's like yes i've got a cod and he hooks a yellow <laughs> on a swim bait yeah good feeling wasn't it oh uh, yeah it was a split second of glory in that one yeah, and then it just, yeah. It had no weight. Yeah, just didn't have the weight. I remember Dan saying to me, he's like, I hooked it, and then I was like, something's wrong, surely yeah. it can't be swimming at me. Yeah. It was a big yellow. It was a good deal, yeah. It was a massive yellow if you not, caught it on spin gear. Yeah, not what we're after, though. But, um, yeah, there's a, but they, they were getting us because there were some big yellows sitting up really high, really, right throughout yeah. this place. Yeah, and really high. Yeah, just like two metres, metre under the surface. Yeah, metre under, just cruising along real slow. In the shallows, yeah. yeah. So that was that. And then today was a big day. We had massive wind. Mm. We had to get out of the wind. Yeah. Um, and it, we've got, we had pretty well tonight session and the morning session. Yeah. And we really, like, wanted to just crack one, like a 97, stoked with that coming. Yeah. Any Great day of the fish. week, come yep. to uh, a place like this and get a fish like that is just unreal. But you keep working, like Dan's been fishing the whole time. Yep. Fishing while I was mapping, like there were big days on the water. Yep. Um, today we fished, or we filmed during the day, we filmed during the day, but we fished yep. real hard this morning in the pretty rubbish wind. We tried mm -hmm. a couple of different things. What was the other thing actually before we get to that? We've talked about the cod, talked about the yellows, the, the, the water, we've mentioned the water rising, yep. but she's rising. 
it's rising a lot. So yeah. it was 17% or 20%. I can't remember when. I don't know if it was late last year or I have a feeling it was early this year. It might have been late last year. But anyway, it's gone. It jumped from like that 20% mark to 40% mark with a big lot of rain. Yeah. And then it was sitting at 40% for quite a while, like I'm talking months or, you know, month and a half to two months or something like that slowly rose to like 44 and then she jumped just before we come we almost didn't come yeah yeah it's yeah not ideal um fishing and probably you know borderline for the mapping as well that's why it was it was yeah. borderline but then yeah. at the end of the day it's going to keep coming up so we thought we yeah. might as well get here yeah and it's definitely come up since we've been here too <laughs> it's like coming up heaps. big time so it rained i think this area got 80 or 60 to 100 mil um about two, three weeks before we decided to come. Yeah. I'm going to say three weeks. And it jumped from that 42% to, uh, I think it was like 48. And it was still climbing when we were coming up. Yes. I think they got another little bit of rain. They got another little bit of rain and she was really climbing. And I was watching it um, coming up. It might have only been two weeks ago, actually, that rain fell. That, yeah. From that 40%. It's, it's wet. There's water everywhere. Yeah. And it rose and it was coming up. I was like, oh, we'll go anyway because it actually plateaued. I think it slowed down a bit because when we got here, it didn't actually, it was pretty, st- yeah, it was, it was only just, just rising. Yeah, just rising, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. Then she rained Thursday night, Friday. Yep. And oh, it's hard to explain because you've, we've, on the bank we've got here, we've got sort of a fairly, it's a pretty decent slope. Yep. I don't know how much it's come up straight up, a metre? I, I would say, yeah, a metre easy. Easy come up a metre, yeah. but it could have come up, it could have come up a little bit more. It's it easier metre. Yeah. So a lot of that's happened today, like since that rain, it's just... Since we're out there, we got back. Yeah. There's a stump that we've been tying to, <laughs> and it was 15 metres out of the water. Full length of rope. Before when we first got in, yeah. now it's uh, like under the nose of my boat. Yeah. Yeah. With water on it. About where your rego sticker is up on the side of your boat there. Yeah. yeah. So she's coming up real quick and it's going to keep rising. So the photos we've taken will be pretty handy to show different banks um, over the next however long the lake stays up for. But Yeah, definitely with all those flooded waddles. Like if it comes up a little bit more, comes up another 10%. It, try and explain, there is a lot of them up here. Yeah, and there'll be banks that would just be unfishable. Like it'll be that hard to fish because they're really spindly. And it's just thick. It's yeah. like mang- it looks like mangroves. It does, yeah. Looks um, like the lake's 100% on some banks. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's gonna snag anything you throw at it. You'd have to fish like it, pretend that it's the wall, like it's the yeah. rocky bank or the yeah. structure yeah. as a wall, because it's yeah. just a spindly. Yeah. But, but it problem is, is it tapers off slowly. Yeah. So it's like full mat of mess under yeah. there in some banks. But there'll be spots like on the maps that will like show where that waddle. Isn't as thick. They yeah, can be able to get right up into the rocky of spots that aren't timbered like that. country as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's plenty of spots that are thick with that waddle. Yeah, it's interesting. It's going to be a real interesting place to fish. And obviously, as that waddle and that floods, it will then die. Yeah. And as the lake recedes or comes back to that, it's going to just be a mess of little twiggy. And I don't know how long they'll last. Like it may be in five or six years, seven years time, they might have all broken off and yeah, laid on the ground. But they'll still be around. Like they'll still be. Yep. twiggy stuff so that makes me think uh, we found the fish everywhere yep found them on the rocky stuff found... what's the one thing you noted that we had, we didn't actually find them where they're 
massive in other lakes. Oh, we yeah. cruised around, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Now, if you've listened to a few of our previous podcasts, you'll know that I take a little bit of a break in the middle to talk to you about something in particular. Now, if you had a listen to the start of this podcast episode, I talked to you about what I've been working on of late um, and why I haven't produced many podcasts over the last couple of months. Now, I just want to tell you why I've actually, why I started this podcast, why I developed the membership, why I've been creating content for, it'd be close to 10 years now. And it's, it's all because... I found that learning about freshwater fishing was was difficult. It was hard to find information and I just basically want to help you guys catch fish. I think that everyone deserves the experience. Now, I'm sitting here thinking of an experience of an incredible capture I've had. I recently caught a cracker of a fish down on the Murray and it was special and the feeling you get from it, it's indescribable. It, it, you can't really describe it in its true form and I know many of you guys listening to this right now know exactly what I'm talking about but then there's others out there who might not have experienced this yet but know that you have an idea of what it might be like and I reckon everyone deserves to achieve that if you've got a goal and we're talking in fishing here but if you've got a goal and you set out for that goal you deserve to achieve it now I know that a lot of us um, are time poor and it's not that we're time poor it's just fishing might be hard to get away to do so you've got life you've got responsibilities you've got work you've got so many things going on in life and you might get once a month a chance to get out there maybe it's twice a month and when you get out there you might get onto a big open lake you might go fish a lake that you fished two months ago or six weeks ago you get out there it's completely changed the water temperature is different and these native fish aren't always easy to catch and it can be super daunting and it can not waste your time. Like it's always great to be out there, but it is good to catch a fish. We all go out there with the goal of wanting to catch a fish. Yes, it's great to spend a good time out there, but ideally if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not one of those people who just go out to enjoy the sunshine and being outdoors. You obviously want to learn how to catch fish. You're investing a bit of money in gear, your boat. You want to catch that fish. Now, it's just, it can be so hard and I know how hard it was even for me when a period of my life there I was only getting out once every couple of months especially if I wanted to go to a new waterway and I just wouldn't go like for example if I wasn't fishing Barrenjack I just wouldn't go and that's why I basically as time's gone on uh, we've learned a lot and I've come across so many people who are willing to share as well and that's why we do what we do that's why I've created all these resources is to help you guys learn that's why Dan and I sat down and recorded this podcast at Copeton if you're heading to Copeton it should help you in some way or form over the next few weeks or even in years to come um, if you find similar conditions or you're going there for the first time. Chances are you'll pull something out of this podcast that will make a difference. I had a message from a member inside our membership uh, only a couple of weeks ago and he said that he's been trying for so long to get that meter cod and he's been following us and following us for so long and he's been absorbing as much information as he can. And he said the other night, uh, it was in our live Q&A, so it was two live Q&As ago, I think it was the May Q&A, Hocken and I sat down and talked about so much stuff. It was like just back and forth content. And he said that there was one thing in particular that Jack said in that Q&A that made him trigger and go, oh, right, oh, I need to be doing this slightly different. And what it was is the one thing that triggered for him in that that he wasn't quite doing right was his lures were sitting slightly deeper than they should. So he's just casting, casting to a bank and 
he's we, we talked about the eye line of cod and how they prefer to feed upwards and he's like all right and he took that and that was the it was one thing out of the entire night he probably took a lot more on but it was one thing that really resonated with him so then he consciously went out while fishing his swim baits and he made sure he fished them a little bit higher than usual and it was the first trip out implementing that technique especially when there was bait flicking keeping the swim baits up higher in the water column first light and he landed his first meter cod and it was a meter 14. he was stoked and obviously he caught that himself he put in the effort he was putting himself out there in the situation fishing for those fish but with a little bit of guidance or just absorbing information from people who have walked that path before him helped him land that fish and that to me is exactly why I created this podcast. I created the complete guide. We worked on this membership platform, which is really where we're putting so much of our time in. There's so many good ang- keen anglers in there willing to share. And that that to me is a success. So that is why I created all these things, especially that membership platform. So it's special being able to help people along their journey. And I think we're doing a good thing. But yeah, that, that's why I've been putting a lot of my time into that. Obviously, the podcast here is another place I want to put in so much time to help you guys. But uh, yeah, that was just a little story I wanted to share about that. And that is why I've been creating content so much inside the membership. So all of our members know the content that is going up on there, especially if you're listening right now. But if you haven't seen it or you have had a look and you're not too sure, you can shoot me through any questions you want or you can learn more about it on our website. But uh, it is a quickly growing community and there is so much good information going up in there and we're really proud of what we've created. So that is the SF membership. You can learn more about it on our website or just shoot me through an email. My email is admin at socialfishing.com.au or you can message me on Instagram and Facebook and I'll be happy as to answer any of your questions. That's enough from me. Let's jump back into this chat with Dan. Yeah, standing trees in a lot of dams is a major fish holding structure. I For mean, example, Barrenjuck? Barrenjuck is a tree dam, 100%. Um, Wangler's the same. It's really well known and it's got some granite country in it. Um, it's a pretty cool dam actually, Wangler. It is, yeah. It is a nice place as well, yeah. Um, but here we just haven't found them on the trees hardly at all. The yellows haven't been on the trees, they're schooling up against rocks. But you found boulders. that anyway, didn't you? Fishing AYC? Yeah, yep, yep. Um, and it's kind of one of those habits that you've got to, yeah, you sort of got to be aware in fishing in general is, yeah, you can take knowledge from one place to another. Um, but you've got to keep an open mind yep. and you've got to adapt and and be able to pick up on those little clues, those little minute little clues that you get from a new fishery. Um, you've got to be able to turn them into catching fish. And sometimes those little details can be easily missed. Um, but yeah, you've, you've yeah, really got to adapt and, and key into it. And here we've found very few fish um, holding on the standing trees. Very few. Very few, yeah. And we were keen to actually find them in there, weren't we? Because we thought, you know, daytime, we thought that might be our chance in the day. Yeah, yeah. And it never happened until we were both saying there's just nothing in standing trees. And then yeah. <laughs> then yep. in some random bay, somehow we found three. Three, yeah. In, in three trees. And Weirdest thing. A couple of big ones too. And like, could not believe it because we were just saying, yep. there's no, we have not seen a single one in five days in the trees. Yep. And this afternoon about 3.30, one, two, three, in a matter of 15 minutes. Yeah, it, it was almost Weird. the point where you wouldn't even look at them. Like, you, yeah, it's 
you'd look past a tree to look at a rock or something like that rather yep. than, and then yeah, three fish and three trees. So even though we did see those three, I still am pretty confident to say there's not a stack of fish on the trees, on the trees hard, but they're still on the banks with trees, but yeah. they're just full free swimming around. That's right, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely not sort of, you know, they're not, the trees don't dictate where they're, where they're hanging out. No, that's right. And I, I wouldn't be worried if you, if the bank, there's some banks in here that just have trees, no boulders, no nothing else. They didn't, they didn't have the same. No, definitely the granite. Or the, no, the granite boulders is just, it's key. It really is. For both species. For both too. species, yeah. yeah. By far. And back what you just said about keying into something you notice, you got a tiny little tap from a yellow. Yeah. Um, middle of the afternoon, the first day mapping. Yeah. And that was the first interest you got from one, and he was sitting three, four metres on the bottom. Yeah. So then you took that detail. Yeah. And you applied it to the rest of the trip, and yeah. you caught every single one. Exactly the same way. And one on a swim bait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one on a swim boat, yeah. But yeah, seriously. But yeah, yeah. And, and we'd seen them on the rock. We'd seen a good patch midway through the main basin on the north side there against the rock. And they were mid-water column in 10 metres of water. And I, after we'd sort of mucked around with them for 15 minutes, thought these guys are going to be really tough to catch. Yeah. Um, and any of those fish that we found in those areas were, we didn't catch any. They would, they would just shut down. Yeah, they were shut down. And yeah, the ones we found up shallow would, you know, we'd at least get some sort of interest out of them. And yeah, more often than not, if we took the time to actually get a lure in front of them, they ate it. But, so. Yeah, and it had to be close to them, but they were yeah. still sort of mooching around looking for stuff. Yeah, they've still got that sort of winter attitude about them where they're slow and just cruising pretty slow, which is pretty standard, but yeah. yeah. So if you had, if you didn't have live technology, yep. probably not worth targeting them in this cool stuff. Like it could be, yeah. But you'd still have to work, and you, you like a three fish would be a pretty solid day yeah. without it. It wouldn't be impossible if I was to come here and I wanted to catch a golden perch. I'd probably leave the boat at home. Right. Okay. I'd probably fish the bank with bait. Yeah, that would work. If you know, if that's all I wanted to do and wanted to know the most consistent way of catching them, I'd be fishing worms off the bank. That would work. That it would, would work. It would definitely work right now as this water's rising. And if it continues to rise through spring, which I'm pretty sure it will, they will fire. Oh, yeah. And they will be really catchable from the bank or from a boat yep. fishing. And yep. if you're fishing uh, from a boat, if you're lure fishing, yep. you the lure option's going to be important, eh, with the, so much grass and yeah, shrubbage. That will probably be tricky for me. I mean, my thought goes straight to a suspending hard body. Um, something you can just crank down and and work just over the grass. Yeah. Um, you know, having said that, that I caught all mine on, on black grubs, and they're still the most reliable. You yeah. Know, lure you can you can get for them, but if you don't have the ability to present that properly, you know, you, it's probably gonna you're probably gonna struggle to catch them. But um, I think yeah, they're they're still pretty hard to beat. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you have the live tech is definitely worth coming out and chasing them if you like yellows. It's winter, oh, yeah. but yep. you, if you had done it all day, yeah, you'd, I'm pretty confident you would have got at least 10 fish. Yeah, yeah. Because you did, did, we did it here and there, and yep. you got 
two in an hour, and then you got one today just having a little bit of a play yeah. out of the wind for in one tiny little spot. Yeah, we're probably only on that fish there today for about 10 minutes sort of in that little back of that bay there. And yeah, the day before in the, in the rain and wind and um, yeah, it didn't take too long at all. Just It's just keen into the ones that are actually feeding. Ignore anything else. Behaviour. What's, yep. the, what's the one thing in regards to behaviour of the Goldens that you can share that made you, that makes you tricked to their feeding? What are they, their, their, their nose? Nose down, yep. They, they're feeding nose down to the bottom in amongst that grass um, because that's, that's, you know, they're looking for flooded insects and worms or whatever else might be down there. So um, the fish that are up high in the water are sitting horizontal basically. Yeah, and um, just doing bugger all. Cruising around, yeah. Yeah, as soon as you see those fish nose down, or even if they're not right on the bottom, but they've sort of got that nose down aspect about them, they're, they're the ones that you, you want to target. Yeah, that's the go. That's what we found on this trip. But our main target was cod, so yep. we kind of ignore, like we didn't ignore the yellows, we caught a few. It was a bit of a side, side deal. See them, yeah, but we just yep. really wanted that cod. And we did, we worked pretty hard, like that rain session, we fished pretty hard yesterday in the rain. Yeah. Um, it wasn't ideal conditions either. No, through the Arvo because it was a low barometer, but we still want to give it a crack. Fish last night, still not much happened. Did we did We have a chance? I don't think we had a real good quality fish. We had one look at my swim bait on one of the middle afternoons. Yeah. Um, he really had a quick look and then yeah. that was it. And then uh, this morning, actually, before we had a big session today, you got a swirl or you fish yeah. top water. Fish top water, yeah. Just right on that glimmer. Yep. Yeah. Just as yeah. Well, I guess you'd call it just before first light, I suppose. Yep. Um, just enough to be able to see the big boil come up behind the lure. She swirled. And just yeah, just it, yeah, it didn't break the surface, but there was definitely a fish there that was come up to have a look at the um, the tremor and yeah, it was yeah, got me, got me pumped, <laughs> pumped up for the day and then just... Didn't yeah, it? Yeah, the session, yeah, next thing you know, the morning session's over. And How quick does it go, though? Yeah, yeah. It goes that fast and you've really got to pick your bank, know your bank, and you, it's not worth travelling around in the middle of that session. It's like, no. pick the bank, fish it properly, fish it hard if it happens. Yeah. You know, it happens if it doesn't, well, that's what happens. Yeah, otherwise you're just going to, you know, you, you measure those morning sessions in minutes. And if you've got to travel from one bank to another, you're going to burn them up. And, yep. You know. Even when it comes down to sitting down to make a cup or, or something silly like that, yeah. like you've really just got yeah. to cast from as early as you can get out there. But even before first light doesn't have that feeding zone, that feeding feeling yeah. for the cod as, no. or for even for us, you just it doesn't that, feel it. Yet. Yeah, you see that little bit of light coming over the, the twinkle, horizon. You're on from the twinkle of light to... Yeah. Soon as sort of the sun hits the water, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Once the sun gets warm on the side of your face, yeah, yeah, it's starting to dwindle away. But yeah. they'll still chew. I, I think an extended morning session runs through to like nine thirty sort of time. Yeah, yeah. You still got a chance, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's been a really, really good trip. There, just a couple of things we've learnt about Copeton. Um, we're here. It's rising. If you're looking to fish it uh, for the rest of July, August. It's going to be rising. It's going to be tough because the water's not really that clear. Yeah, and um, a lot of the local guys have been talking about how it's been tough too with the rising water. Um, a lot, well, most guys we've been speaking to, so yeah. it's been real tough. 
And that's just due to uh, inflow, cold water inflow, and the fact that the fish have been full, not shock, like they're fine out there, yeah. but it's different, the rising water. They're still got to feed though. Yeah. They're still chewing. Um, it's just picking your areas and your banks. And I believe we've been spending most of our time up the river arm. That's just where we're based. Yeah. Um, but I imagine as a general rule, the fish are going to be more comfortable towards the lower part of the river and I the basin yep. because you're going to have more cl clarity will be better. The clarity is the best around at the wall. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to have better water temperatures because the water's freezing coming it's in. going to be stable, yeah, more stable, yeah. Yeah, so we've got one more session left. We've got a bit of background noise, sorry about that. We've got some campers not far from us, hopefully you can't hear them. The fire's roaring, which is good because yep. she's a bit nippy. Um, so there's a bit of fire noise, but it's good to sit down around a fire and do a podcast. I think it's the first one I've done sitting by the fire, which is pretty cool. Um, it's been good. And mm. we have one more session in the morning. Yep. Um, first trip to Coven, it's been awesome. We had a windy as day today, blowing a gale, something shocking. We planned to stick in this one bay we were in and we're like, well, we'll just do the Arvo session in here. Yep. But we were in there for that long that it just didn't feel right. The wind was still blowing. I was like, let's just go. Like, yep. let's get out of here. Yeah. It was five to five anyway. We're yep. like, let's just move, head back towards camp and just fish near camp. Cross the chop. So we crossed the basin, crossed the chop, crossed all the rubbish stuff mm. with the white caps yeah as we headed back towards the river it actually was nearly glass like it was a lot calmer yeah yeah it was heaps heaps calmer yeah uh we got we got back near camp and we were going to fish a bank but it was glassy on one side yeah and the, the bank we wanted to fish was choppy yeah yeah that wouldn't have been comfortable because it was cold too oh yeah it was freezing we pulled in we had a bit of a look around and somehow dan found a fish <laughs> Found a fish. Yep. We um, wait, you found one. Found a few actually. Found yeah. one, two, and then three, and a couple of them. Yeah, one, one was interested. Yep. Second one, I just think the cast was a bit off. Yeah. Third one, got him to look at it, got him to turn, got him to find it, and yep. got him to eat it. Yeah. And was it was big, stoke level was. That was a big moment. That was a big, big moment. Yeah. Yep. Wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I don't know. It was a, it was a fish that I've had. Yeah, seen so many fish over the last few days, and yeah, a lot of them, yeah, outside that is peak times and not there to feed whatsoever. No. Um, but, you know, had some really accurate casts on fish, and just to watch them totally, totally ignore it was just. Over and over and over and over? Yeah. And then, you know, we're coming into that afternoon session, and it's like. We've got one more after this, and that's it. Like, like the Arvo in the morning. Yeah. And you heading home. And we've been here for a while. Like, we aren't here. And if we were, like, we, weren't, we aren't fishing normal, because normally you'd fish morning, yep. have a break in the Rest middle of the up, day. Yep. And we've just sort of fished, like, morning. Yep. We're definitely doing the morning, but we're out there all day trying to capture it on video and, and learn about the lake. And it's more for the video stuff uh, and yep. the mapping. Yeah, so the Arvo sessions, well, the evening sessions are pretty short because you're pretty knackered. So. Yeah, but we've still, f we've been out here for a long time. Yeah, a lot of time in the water. Like, it's now Saturday. And seen a lot of fish. And and we just, and Dan was saying the whole trip, he's like, you know, this is happening for a reason. Like, it's it's coming, <laughs> like, the reason. Something to go wrong. Yeah, a lot of things have gone something wrong Something to be with delay or forget something. Yeah, or, you yeah. know, like, it's going to happen. It means something. But yeah. the reason we went to that <laughs> bank is, and the reason it was windy on the other side, you know. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Yep, and then yeah, just ended up in that right spot, found that fish. And got, ate it good. Got the cast and just, yeah, slowly worked over, watched him turn and follow and then just accelerated and slightly got in front of the lure. You can see it all on the live scope. It's gonna be a pretty cool clip. And, and he grabs it. Smashed it. Dan yeah. hooks up, he goes, yep, I'm on. And I could not believe it. I was full shake and I can't wait to share the video. Yeah. We'll go up in the membership, and I was like, you cannot... And then, normally I'm not too bad once a fish is hooked. Like, normally I'm pretty like, all right, we just got it. Just get him in net. Yeah, easy. But I was full scared that this fish... Because this fish meant a lot. Yeah. Did you say... What do you reckon? It mean, in terms of the amount of, like, all the... What did you uh, say? What did you say? Did you say it meant... It's, it's as much as any other fish I've caught, if not more. Like special. It was, just, it was just a special fish because it is... It's coping. It's the... Cod Mecca. Mm. It's a big trip. We've been here for a long time this week, and yeah, it just—I I'd, I'd sort of felt like I'd been teased a little bit too. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, just to have it all finally come together and load up that hit, and then set the hooks. You load it up, and it's all. No, it's a meter. Yeah, yeah. There was no doubt, and you know, it's not the biggest cod I've caught, but it. Yeah. Meter six, by meter the way, six. guys. Meter yeah. six, but yeah. it was a big meter six. A big meter, an old looking meter six. Big we were sort of talking about it before. Yeah, big, real, yeah, real big head, fat guts, like yeah, good yeah. One. heavy, heavy set fish. So, yeah, real, really good, really, yeah, felt good that one. And like you're saying, it's not, yeah, that just meant a lot. And we filmed here, and I was filming the video, and um, I said to Dan, it'd be great. We just, just one more you know, to show people what these fish are. Because obviously, yep. when you're watching videos, you don't want to just see us casting and catching nothing. No. Like, you want to <laughs> see us catching something. So, yep. I was yep. like, I really want to get a fish to share with you guys. Like, it would be awesome if we could get that last one. And it just meant a lot, didn't it? It did, yep. And like I said, it's, yeah, even the size-wise, I, I don't know, I kind of think if, if it was something in the 90s, it still would have been... Oh, yeah, a, a really would have meant fish. something. Yeah, we just wanted just yeah that last fish, and it just goes to show that you've got to grind it out. You've got to fish hard, and it doesn't always stay happen. Stay positive. Yeah, just it's yeah, just stay positive because if it doesn't happen that one, if it's not that cast, if it's not that session, it will be. It'll come at some stage. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It doesn't always happen, but then it does. Like yeah. it does happen at some stage might yeah. not have been this trip but yeah for some reason it had it, it was just was always going to come together on this i don't know i just don't know i've had the feeling all the way through that it was definitely gonna happen be a big moment at some stage it was a big moment um yeah and it was it, yeah i don't know it might sound a bit silly to someone from the outside listening in but being um, you know oh, it's just a, you know yeah yeah, yeah it's special a, fish yeah you know we, it sounds like we're talking about a meter 30 or something but yeah um to me, I don't think that, that a metre 30 wouldn't have made any difference to me, I don't think. I think just, yeah, just to get a good fish like that, um, yeah. I'm stoked for you, mate. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I was just, oh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I was more excited than Dan. <laughs> Dan was just full, I reckon in the video clip, if you guys watch it, Dan's like full relief. Yeah. I think it's just like. It was a bit, yeah. Relief and awesome feeling, but yeah. I was just like full fist pumping yeah. going, you bloody ripper. <laughs> Like, it was just a yeah. cracking moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was just so good. And then we're like, got him in, took our photos, did the video, let him go. Yeah. Sat there for a bit. And I'm like, we good for dinner? Ready to head in? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was right on last light as well. So. Yeah. We've still got one more session. 
Yep. Now tell us, tell us, tell us. We're nearly done. We'll wrap it up, guys. It's been, <laughs> it's been just a, a spur of the moment sort of roll with it podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, hopefully, I can do more that are like this. But the big thing is, we're going to keep smashing out heaps for you guys. So, and a big apology for not having many over the last couple of months. I've been putting a lot of time into our live Q and A's in the membership. They're every month. Uh, they got a lot of info similar to this with demonstrations, putting a lot of effort into the membership. So I definitely have been creating stacks of fishing content. Yep. Just been um, a little bit slow on the podcast, but we're gonna roll them out heaps and heaps. Before the trip, yep. one of your boys. Yeah. What did he tell you? Yeah, so my youngest boy, Henry, he's 10 years old and we were talking about, you know, talking about leading up to the trip because, you know, it, it's a big trip to leave your family for seven days. Um, I've got two boys at home and a wife and so, you know, it's been a fair bit of talk leading up to it and we we're talking to Henry and Henry Henry's a, a bit of a predictor. He predicts the weather for me when we're in the boat. Yeah. Tells me when it's gonna rain. Funny. Rubs a bit of water on the back of the console and says, No, <laughs> we're, we're gonna get a bit of rain tomorrow or no, it's gonna be sunny. Anyway, so he yeah, he came up with the idea and the prediction that it was gonna be a six fish trip for me. Yeah. Um he did mention the one thirty. Yeah. And you know, that's that's a pretty extreme fish, but yeah, I've got five. Five fish. Five fish, so. He said, Henry said he gets six fish. Six and fish, yeah. us thinking, you know, righto, six cod. But as we started catching them, like, hey, Dan, you've caught three yellows. Yeah. That? I was like, you've got Just three more fish to go. Back. Yeah, so then today, Dan caught another yellow and he hit four yellows. And he actually hasn't put the lure in front of another yellow since <laughs> no, because he's only got two fish left. So yeah. the whole trip we've been saying, yeah. Dan, you got two fish left. You can't use your quota on yellows. You're like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So all I picked up, because we've only brought one spin rod, because I said yeah. to Dan, you almost didn't even pack it for this trip. No, nah, I wasn't going to bring it, no. And I said, I'll just bring it just in case. Yeah. And I'm I didn't even did. bring one. I didn't even bring one. Um, yeah, well and truly yeah. glad. Yeah, so they're good fun, especially when you've got to break up that that cod grind yeah so he hit four fish yeah i'm like ah you've only got two left <laughs> and you're like yeah better save those both for cod yeah no, i didn't yeah i didn't pick up that spinner again you caught five and we've got one session to go mate. that's it yeah big session coming up in the morning and guys i always intro and outro these podcasts obviously tomorrow's session is coming before i get home and record the outro so mm. I will let you guys know if Dan hits his quota <laughs> and if it's the magic 130 that Henry talked about. But I still reckon that 106 can be that 130. Yeah, we'll call that the Henry fish. The Henry fish. Yep. That's awesome. So guys, I hope you enjoyed it. We're enjoying it here. You probably can hear yep. a bit of background noise, a bit of fire crackling. The water's really pumping up here. That's pretty well the tips I give you if you guys are coming to Copeton soon. And just as a general rule of thumb anyway, um, about how the landscape is probably different to what you're going to expect yeah. as it rises above 50%. But always, always check your water levels, always check what height it is so you can sort of get a game plan of where you're going to fish. And obviously we've put these maps together. So we've traveled the entire lake system, different clarities, different temperatures. I'll put a trip report up on what we found, where we found our fish in the membership. So those trip reports are like a detailed sort of rundown. Uh, super handy if you're coming in the next month to two months or so. Definitely. Um, I'll have articles. And even going video. forward too. Yeah, reference to yeah. other times. If yeah. rain events happen and things like that, just help you guys learn about it. Obviously, it's my first time here. I talked to a lot of people that have fished it before though. Uh, before we come here, yep. the things they've said we've tried out, we've looked at, and it's come like it matches up. Yep. We've experienced a week on the water here. Yep. You can learn a lot in a week. It's 
it's a great way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Learn a lot. It's not very often you get to. I mean, I'd, I've never done a trip like this down in my home dam. And it's annoying, eh? Hey, because it'd be yeah. great to do it because you'd learn so much about it. Yeah. Yeah, it would. And yeah, I think the mapping too, like to be able to travel all around the dam, it was good. It was just good to see. And just, Even though we were wa like wasting fishing time if we were yeah, fishing, it was just, just a, cool to see. It's a good way to get a bit of a grasp, get a bit of an understanding of a waterway too. Yeah, so it's really special. Yeah. Righto guys, we're getting up early in the morning. We're rolling yeah. through to probably 10.30 now. So we're gonna pack this up, yeah. get to sleep. One last grind, and as you guys know, you're listening to this because you love cod fishing, you love chasing cod, you know that anticipation, you know that feeling. Um, I think the anticipation isn't there anymore because we've achieved our goal. Top water tomorrow. But top water. Yeah. Gonna get one on top water, but yeah. we could get that last bonus fish. But that's our Copeland episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks, Dan. It's been good, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. And there it is, guys. We are back on deck. Uh, once again, a massive apology for the delay, but I'll make sure I punch out plenty of awesome podcast episodes for you guys to listen to on the road, on the drive, at work, wherever you are, because that is one of the biggest things about them. You can absorb all this information while you're doing other things, which is you can't absorb it from articles or videos or other content. You have to give 100% to that. So this is kind of a great place to learn. And yeah, again, I'm really, really sorry that it has been so long, but for everyone who has supported us along the way thank you so much uh, for everyone who loves this podcast who's jumped straight back on and listened to this one it's good to have you back and i'll make sure in return for you guys listening i'm going to keep punching them out for you we've got plenty of keen anglers or i'm i'm keen to sit down and talk through concepts with but just remember if you're after any more content if you're really serious about growing and you're serious about achieving your goals then it makes sense to learn from someone who's done it before. And that's obviously why you've sat down and listened to this podcast. Learning from someone else makes a massive difference. I did the same thing growing up. I had plenty of people around me that absorbed information from. I would have been the most annoying kid when it comes to fishing because I would just chew the ear off anyone who knew more than me. I still do it now. That's secretly a way I get away with it with this podcast. I get to sit down with a bunch of people for over an hour and have a chat with them and ask them any questions I want and they can't really just hang up on me. So... That's one way I've developed that into my learning is through this podcast, but and that's great because I can share those conversations with you guys. But if you are serious about growing, if you are serious about achieving those dreams, then I highly recommend just, just go check out the SF membership. Ideally, if you spend that much money on rods, gear, so much of the stuff that you buy, boats, fuel, the value that you actually gain from the tiny little bit you'll spend on the platform that we have created the difference it will make, it will make way more difference than all of that stuff I've just talked about. So it, it's crazy the results that some of our anglers have been getting and it's so awesome to see. We're just here to grow it. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. But if you are someone who maybe is time poor or you really want to learn more, then jump over and check it out. If you have any questions, guys, remember you can shoot them through for me and remember to give a rating and a review on this podcast if you enjoyed it. Share it around, pump it up, guys, because we want it to be nice and loud and proud so we can keep punching out more episodes for you. So I will see you in two weeks' time. I'll have another episode dropping and I can't wait to share it with you. My name is Reese Creed and you've been listening to The Social Fishing Podcast.